0: Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are back. First segment of the off season here with Thomas Boff, who you can find uh, at Wolves Blog. Thomas, an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Figured we'd just get caught up on a lot of the stuff that's happened at Wolves because you're one of the few clubs to have actually done anything thus far this summer. You actually managed to get a manager in the door, something a lot of Premier League clubs struggling to do at the moment, including uh, mine truly. But I just wanted to start off with that. The hiring of Bruno Lage. What, what you've made of it, what was the fan reaction, and what are you expecting from Wolves under his tenure?
1: Yeah, I think it was it was a predictable appointment uh, in the sense that he's he's a Mendes. George Mendes' client. Um, there, there were some other names touted around. Some of those that have been linked with other clubs. Uh, Fonseca was one. Uh, obviously, he's another Mendes' client. Um, Conse Traud. I don't know how you say his name. Conse Sau That he was mentioned as well as a possible person. But it always seemed like it was it was veering towards uh, Bruno Lage, and um, it very quickly became apparent that, that that was all we were looking at. Um, I think the I think the supporters. I can't, were kind of underwhelmed to start off with but then they've kind of come around to the idea which I think is always the case when you hire a kind of unknown and then you you start when you realize that he's going to be the guy you start looking into his past and see what he's done and see what his style is and what he's about um, and I think that's that's built a little bit more excitement among the fan base in the sense that he seems to want to play attacking football um, he likes to commit a lot of bodies forward um, you know, and he did quite well with Benfica in, in in the in the sense that he took over a team that were that were you know struggling at the top, which is a funny way to say things. But in Portugal, in a league where there's only three teams can really win that league, um, he took a Benfica team that weren't near the top. when I think he won 18 out of 19 games, and they stormed the the Portuguese league, and won the title. And then he started off his second season and did exactly the same again, won 18 out of 19 games, always going brilliantly, and then. He went on a run of, um, I think it was two wins from nine games after that and um, that was enough and that he was out the door. So it's, um, he's got a very interesting past in, in, in that sense because that's really been his only proper job. So he's like phenomenally successful and then not successful at all and um, and gone. Um, and he's just been waiting in the shadows for his next job and that, and that job is wolfhams is, uh, Wolverhampton Wondrous. So um, very interesting to see, you know, what he's going to do. Uh, but, you know, a manager is only really in the Premier League, I believe, as good as the players he's got at his disposal. And I think there's 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 a summer of big change happening at Wolves, uh, not just with the manager but with the personnel as well. So um, I think it's going to be very interesting over the next month month or so and and see what what kind of team we're actually going to end up with come come the start of August.
0: Yeah, you mentioned at the start there that you were kind of reading from the. Jorge Mendes, him sheet there. Obviously, he's the agent of your new manager. Are you expecting that kind of uh, let's call it relationship to to continue there at Wolves?
1: Well, I mean, you would have thought so. Um there, there was been talk in the in the papers and sort of local press that wolves are going away from Mendes a bit in their in their transfer strategy. Um in the sense that they might be looking more domestically this this summer to try and get more tried and tested Premier League players rather than sort of young up and comers, predominantly from Portugal. Um, but but then again, you know that they seem to have maintained that link with the manager, which, which again suggests kind of, you know, if they were if they were going to go a different direction, they perhaps would have gone away from Mendes in the in the hunt for a new manager. But the the fact that they've hired Bruno Lage and um, suggests that that he's still going to be you know, fundamental to the to the dealings going on at Wolves, um, you know, and and the transfer business that's been mentioned, it's been no surprise that he he's been at the centre of it. You know, the ins and outs that even it's only rumours at this point, but we um we don't know. I think there was a there was a sense that uh, Nuno is very much the the closest guy to to Mendes in terms of their personal relationship. He was his and first his- client,
0: as I found out while we were being linked with him.
1: Exactly, yeah. I think they were, they've, they've done very well mutually for each other. Um, and I think Nuno is his guy for getting players in. I think there, there was talk in the paper, um, the local paper that Tim Spires, who's the, the main Wolves guy, he said that um, uh, last summer there was a big thing where the the, the scouting network wanted us to sign Daniel Al- Olmo. Um, he was available and we could have got him. And then Nuno decided that we, we didn't want him, uh, we wanted Daniel Podence, Daniel Podence instead and there was a feeling there that, that he wanted him because George Mendes sort of said you should have him you know and um, it went against what, the, what the, the scouting team and the recruitment guys at Wolves thought Wolves needed so maybe that was kind of a, an indicator that you know that, that the club weren't perhaps happy that, that all the players coming in seem seem to be Mendes clients. So I think maybe we might just we might just be moving away a little bit in terms of our recruitment but I still think they want to maintain that link because I think they still feel it's um, it's important because after all you know before Gestafute and, and uh, Fosen were all part of walls, we were struggling in the championship and we are where we are now you know, semi-established Premier League club. And, um, you know, I think I think they realize they'd probably be stupid to completely sever those ties.
0: Yeah, although I will say I looked at the Getis Fute. You nailed it, yeah. I, less so. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Player list. And uh, basically all of the high-profile players, bar Renato Sanchez, have recently already made their moves. So when we continue to be linked with um, him and, and his agency... Uh, n- not as maybe beneficial as it used to be but especially if you're looking kind of down further on the list on some of the youngest idea yeah, that could definitely be a a boon for for other clubs um speaking of portuguese influence and players uh, rui patricio I-, I wrote the summer that you signed him is one of the most bonkers deals i've ever seen getting him in uh, for free although i don't remember if you ever ended up having to uh to pay through arbitration at the back end but it sounds like he's being linked away pretty heavily so heavily that Roma are also rumored to be getting rid of their goalkeeper to make space for him I was just curious what what you're making of all of that and if you think it's likely that he will go this summer
1: uh yeah well I mean to answer your first question we did end up paying a fee for him I think it was about 13 million maybe I think that was, it okay. was something like but it was a you know significant fee but then you still felt for goalie of his experience we, we we got him on the cheap a little bit but um yeah i mean good goalkeeper very solid he's got a he's one of those guys who just sort of has caught you know brings calm to the team you kind of forget he's there a lot of the time um he doesn't make a lot of howlers he's sort of you know an easy steady presence and i always felt that we looked like a you know he helped us look like a serious proposition um as a team i, I think he I don't think he's been uh, brilliant at the Euros. I think he made that wonder save against France, you saw. Um, But then he's in a couple where maybe, you know, they felt a little bit soft. And I think that's kind of been the story of his, his season at Wolves, where he was okay, But there's a couple of goals you thought, oh, he could have done a bit better there. And when the team was struggling, we could have done without conceding what looked like a couple of soft goals. But, you know, I rate him very highly as a goalkeeper. I'll be disappointed to, to see him leave. But to me, you know, to answer the, the second part of your question, it definitely looks like he's going. Um, the, the, the sort of people in the know seem to be saying it's a done deal. And it very much looks like a Mendes conveyor belt type deal. He's in the last year of his contract. Roma want him. There's a deal to be done where he's going to go for, again, I think something like 13, 14 million. And it looks like we're going to get the Olympiacos goalkeeper, Saar, as his replacement. Um, you know, and that, that suits Mendes very well. He's brokering the deal, so he's getting two transfers with the price of one. Um, I think Wolves will feel <clears throat> that you know they're getting a guy off the books who's only got a year left on his contract, they're getting a younger goalie who's, who's got a decent amount of pedigree, he's played a lot of games for Olympiacos, you know, played in the Europa League and probably the Champions League, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think that deal is, is definitely going to happen. Uh, And I think it'll be the first of of, of many sort of departures of of what's been the established Wolves team for the last uh, two or three years.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I was going to follow up and ask you if you had any targets there. And it sounds like, uh, as you say, you just got that Mendes conveyor belt going of the ins and outs. And uh, fortunately for him, he makes money on both of those deals. So congratulations to him and his family. I'm sure they really uh, need that money. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, On the other side, very good news. Uh, It sounds like Raul Jimenez is healing well and should be available for you next season. He's been permitted to start heading the ball again, which is just shocking considering how shortly ago um, he seemed to just be kind of out indefinitely and then obviously as a Tottenham fan the similar thing happened to Ryan Mason and he just had to retire and start his coaching career so very good news for for him personally health-wise obviously something even as a neutral you're, you're obviously rooting for but on the pitch you obviously missed him bottom five in both goals and assists last season although the underlying uh, numbers looked a little bit better for you with your chances created and accurate crosses and, and stuff like that far higher but do you think that some of your issues in attack last year were literally just that you didn't have Roel Jimenez? And what impact do you expect him to have since it seems like he'll be back? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today.
1: I think well, I think it's impossible to say that he wasn't missed. Um, just that old that old-fashioned knack of being in the right place at the right time. Combined with the fact that he's a wonderful imaginative finisher, I mean, though, you, you're going to miss those qualities, and we didn't have a like-for-like um, player to come in and give us those things, those qualities. So, you know, massive miss. Definitely one of the the prime reasons we we really tailed off. Um, you know, there was every indication that he was going to have another great season before he got injured. Injured, I think he got three or four goals. And even those finishes. I mean, if you, you go on YouTube and you can look at the goals he scored against uh, Sheffield United and Newcastle and Manchester City uh, in those early games, and they look at the finishes there, um, you can see he was a, a, a top Premier League striker playing at the absolute peak of his powers. So he's uh, he's been a phenomenal loss for us, um, you know, particularly in a summer where we also let Jota go and Doherty or other source of goals. So yeah, I mean, we missed him badly. Um, there's obviously a massive question mark over what he's going to be like when he comes back. You know, it's one thing being signed off by a doctor to say, yeah, you you have permission, you can go and head a football without you know caving your head in. <laughs> I'm putting it a bit robustly there, but you know, and having the confidence and the belief in, in that uh, that security to go to go and do that and be the same player. I think I'm right in saying he's got to wear protective headband for the rest of his career. And, you know, wearing something like that, I mean, how's that going to affect you when you, that's something you, you've really got to get used to playing with and it's going to change the way that you you do get up and, and head a football as well. So, you know, I, I, I just hope for his sake he can come back and be even, you know, close to the player he was before. I'm not 100% certain he will be, but, but until we see him, we, we're just not going to know, are we? But... He's got a full pre season to come. Hopefully he's had the summer off, which is something he hasn't had for a long time. He's gone back to Mexico, so hopefully he's gonna come back and be refreshed and get a full pre season under his belt. And then when when he's ready to start, you know, the season's up and running. He's gonna look like the player we we absolutely love and adore at Wolves. But um but you know, no one would blame him if um if he came back and he, and he did find it um a lot harder um i think i think i'm right in saying that didn't ryan mason come back and play a bit and then give up Am like right? two
0: matches yeah
1: yeah so i mean that's going to be the thing for Raúl. i mean who's to say i mean i don't like to be you know say these things and predict doom for people I, mean, I don't i i'm sure it won't be the case but you don't know he may come back and find that he can't play to the level he wants to play and, and that might be that but you know so it will it be an interesting one to watch um you know, but uh, until we see, we just don't know. But he seems in great spirits and he was very determined from the very start, you know, two weeks after he had his operation, he said, I'm going to be back, I'm going to be playing. And he's a tough cookie. So, um, you know, that will be one to watch, definitely. I'm I'm still toying the weather to put him in my fantasy team because I still think seven and a half million is a snip. And, uh, you know, he's going to be, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't leading that line uh, at the start of the season at the very least.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. And like you said, he gets the full off season off and he gets to come back and you actually have a manager. So uh, if yeah. he is healthy enough, then that'll certainly help him get, get back to the ground running pretty quickly. But as you say, kind of the, the health is the most important thing here. And then just as football fans, we hope that the football uh, returns as well. Is there anyone else in the team that you really think can provide those goals? Obviously, you had injury issues last year on top of selling so many of the players that were directly involved in your goals the previous couple seasons.
1: I think, I mean, there's, there's players you would want to contribute. I mean, we we paid a lot of money for Fabio Silva and, and he hasn't really looked like he's going to be, going to give us what Raul Jimenez has given us. But then again, you know, Nuno's become renowned for playing a certain, you know, defence-minded formation and, and um, Bruno Large is a, is a kind of a 4-4-2 guy or a 4-4-1-1 guy. And he likes to get bodies forward and create overload. So, you know, that could serve some of these, these strikers who, who haven't perhaps done as well for us in recent times, maybe they can come in and do, you know, do well for us now. Maybe Fabio Silva will connect with more crosses and the, a different style will will bring out more. You know, there's players obviously like Adama Traore, Daniel Pedence. Um, both of those players didn't really post very good numbers last season. Pedence had trouble with injuries and Adama just, just seemed to be you know, doing his thing, but not not really getting the, you know, the, the finishes uh, to go with, with the crosses he was putting over. So I think there, there's goals, there's more to come from the players we've got. But I think without question, they're going to be looking to add one or two attacking players. There, there's, there's been talk of Trincao coming on loan from Barcelona. That seems like the kind of deal that, that that might be interesting for us, particularly with Pedro Neto being out for the first few months of the season are going to need attacking players um, to play, you know, behind the front man, and then also possibly another another striker. Uh, we've been linked with the uh, Vinicius after he left Spurs, which is another Mendes uh, Brown envelope job, probably. Um, whether whether that comes to fruition, who knows? But uh, but I think I'd be very surprised if we didn't sign, you know, one definitely one, but but probably more likely two players to play across like a front three. Um, or, or the support for Raul Humanez.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Carlos Vinicius, I think would do very well there. Although now that we have so many of our own Mendez links, maybe, maybe we'll end up going back for him, even though we didn't take up his purchase option. Uh, I figure we'll wrap up by talking a little bit about your managerial ex, sorry, in advance. Uh, Nuno Espirito Santo has had a very interesting summer since he departed, uh, wolves at the end of last season. Uh, linked with Crystal Palace, reportedly very close, didn't happen. Linked with Everton, reportedly very close, didn't happen. Linked with Tottenham, currently, uh, allegedly very close, but now reports coming out of Turkey that he's about to join Fenerbahce. Uh, What have you made of that kind of whirlwind that he's been on this year, and why do you think he hasn't stuck at any of those places that he's reportedly had negotiations with?
1: Well, I was very happy he didn't end up at Palace because we recorded a podcast at the end of last season you asked me where you thought he would go. And I literally uttered the words, well, I don't think he'd end up somewhere like Crystal Palace. (laughs) And uh, lo and behold, he was, uh, that's the first name he was, uh, first club he was linked to. So, um, you know, I think, I think what seems to have come out in the wash is that he wants, he, he strung Palace along because he, he got a sniff that the Everton job might become available to him. And then Palace gave him a deadline and he kept adding to his list of requirements and, it became apparently he wanted to see if there was enough on the table. At Everton and Palace didn't want to wait, so they just severed ties. Um, and then at Everton, who knows? I mean, I think I read something about again there being an issue with the players he wanted to bring in in the recruitment. I said previously in this call, I think he's very much in, in you know cahoots with Mendes in terms of bringing players in. Um, you know, I think they help each other. And I think maybe that's that's perhaps an underlying factor um, in when he's going into these clubs. He wants to know that he will have a say so over transfer, so he can filter in players, you know, from uh, from the Mendes stable. And maybe that's not how other clubs want to operate. So, you know, that'd be it'd be interesting where he does end up. It doesn't seems to have been a bit of an outcry from from Spurs particularly. Um, Fans not really wanted him, and I can understand that. You know, continuation kind of the, the Mourinho defense first kind of style, um, that makes sense. I, I, I did feel of the three clubs that um, Everton was probably the best fit. I thought that that they were a good level for each other. Uh, I thought Nuno could bring stability there, and they got the kind of players that would immediately kind of suit his preferred setup. And with one or two additions, that they, he could probably get them. You know around where they want to be in the table, which is, you know, European places, possibly even, you know, push him outside chance of the Champions League. But so I'm surprised that that one didn't didn't go as it, you know, as it as it looked like it was going to. But then again, you know, Benitez doesn't seem like the Everton fans want him. So there's nothing to say that it might swing back and end up being Nuno going to Everton because ultimately these three Premier League clubs have got to hire a manager at some point. Um, in theory. So it's, it's, they're going to disappear
0: at some point, aren't they? Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy that all three still have yet to resolve their their managerial issues. And, and I think we were saying right before we hopped on the call that there isn't there aren't a lot of moves happening in football in general right now during both the Copa America and the Euros. But you got to get someone in. Tottenham's preseason starts July fifth. We have a friendly twelve days after that, and we still don't have a manager uh definitely not ideal uh but thanks so much for talking to us about all of that it obviously pretty early here in the uh well I guess it's not even the preseason year I guess we're still in the off season. but obviously a disappointing year for you last year with all the stuff we've kind of talked about in totality how are you feeling heading into the new season
1: yeah I mean we've, we've got to see what the ins and outs are going to be um I think as I've kind of alluded to. I think there are going to be more high-profile high departures. I think Ruben Neves seems to be the one. Will be, seems strongly linked with with an exit. It seems like they're going to use him to try and get, I don't know, 30 million plus potentially in to kind of give us the fuel to then go and spend and do some other deals elsewhere in the pit on the pitch. So it's really hard to know, um, you know, how the cards are going to fall. Um, I think. Yeah, you know, the squad we've currently got is is still very capable, and if they added one or two to that, I think we could do quite well. But I think if they're going to start selling, you know, Patricio's going, Neves potentially, Matinho has been talked about going, and obviously he's not getting any younger. He, there's always um, discussion about Adama Traoré, and I think he's he's hasn't signed this new contract yet, even though it's been talked that, that might be coming. You know, if all of those players leave, then you really are throwing the cards up in the air and, and and seeing where it lands, and we don't know what the recruitment's going to be like. So the only player we have brought in a young uh, defender from Colombia, spent four or five million um, on him, so that there'll be there'll be expectation uh, around him. But you know, again, he was a very young signing. Seems like one for the future more than the immediate. So you know that that there's. We've got to look at the transfer business, I suppose, is what I'm saying, and, and I still think there's going to the, be big changes to the starting eleven. And when you've, you're factoring a manager that that hasn't managed in the Premier League before, and he seems inexperienced, but but potentially has some good ideas about how to play attacking football, you know, it really is it's really one of the greater known. Um, so <laughs> to answer your question, come back to me in a month and we'll
0: talk again. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, certainly best of luck to you throughout the summer and in the early stages of the preseason. And again, just glad Raul Jimenez seems to be okay and able to live his life. And then above that, hopefully we'll be able to contribute to you on the pitch as well. Uh, if you'd like to tell folks where they can find you or anything you're working on these days, uh, now's a good time.
1: Yeah, yeah, having a bit of summer hiatus at the moment, but we'll be uh, posting some more articles on wallsblog.com as the sort of pre-season heats up after the Euros. Uh, And as always, if you want to get me, you can do so on Twitter at Wallsblog.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining me, Thomas. And folks at home, we hope you keep listening.